everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from gorgeous Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, we're going to be talking about tribes, people. Tribes. And so in groups, out groups, and how that might affect your ability as a thinker. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's what, fun. What, what, what tribes are you in? We're gonna yeah. we're gonna call out your tribe, and uh, and 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 what it might mean for you yeah. to be a member of it. Yeah, and it might not be a good thing. What? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? But first, Dan. Yeah. Oh, Dan. Dan. <laughs> oh no. Oh, what? Dan. I just yes. there is a group in America right now. I am just my heart is just going out to them. Oh. I just feel so. <laughs> So bad for yeah. yeah is it, you know, is, is it the Kardashians? No, it's a confusing time. It's a confusing time for them. You know, white Christians are just—they're not having. <laughs> this is not their moment in America. They're and they're having a rough one. Yeah, <laughs> they're kind of having everything handed to them at the moment, and um, in particular, I want to bring up the case of Franklin Graham. Uh, oh, Frankie and, Frank. And his reaction to this week's monumental, truly unbelievable on some levels, uh, decision by the Supreme Court of the United States um, it, with regards to LGBT, LGBTQ uh, rights in the workplace. And the yeah. fact that they have decided uh, that current law... Um, in the form of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, right, uh, protects LGBTQ workers from uh, being fired for being, or not hired even actually, for being LGBTQ. Yeah, uh, the same rights that have been extended to other Americans based on uh, race, uh, yeah. national origin. Um, our former understanding of what the word sex meant <laughs> right there, which was so gender. Um, but now it's been broadened to also include um, uh, the LGBTQ folk. And yeah. it's, and it, to, to be honest, Dan, this, uh, I, I remember when uh, gay marriage five years ago, when gay marriage was declared legal, yeah. Uh, throughout throughout the United States, and it was an 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 unbelievable moment. It was an and earthquake. It was an earthquake, and it felt um, it, there were a lot of emotions, and and it and it was a big day. Um, yeah. I honestly felt like I I was a little bit more blown over by this. Um, it, it was it was this, and in some ways, I think this is a more monumental decision because. Marriage is one of those things that it that like there's a there's a lot of class privilege yeah. essentially in in a, in a decision to extend marriage rights because in a lot of ways marriage was the only thing that the rich gay people couldn't get for themselves <laughs> right right you know what I mean and so it really sure. felt like it was this thing that 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 um it, you know great guys thanks you got yourself that cool. Um, and, but, it, but at the same time, of course it was huge. And I, and I recognized that, um, but workplace 
uh, protections yeah. for for the for the community. Um, that's huge. That's essentially everyone, right? And yeah. it's definitely the working class members of the LGBTQ community are being covered by this, and it's and in fact maybe even more so, right? Uh, and it was shocking. I mean, it was, and it wasn't just a five-four decision. This was a six-three decision. Unreal. Which and, which and, means that two and, of the more conservative and the opinion from the majority was written by a fucking Gorsuch. I know. I mean, talk about a, like just <laughs> Gorsuch just wanting to stick his thumb into Trump's eyeball about Holy things. Holy shit! Um, and so. Big week for the LGBTQ community, um, and uh, but, but you were saying there's a dark side to this. Obviously, though, a sad side. Oh, you know, <laughs> if you're somebody like Franklin Graham, oh gosh, um, he he's not going to like this. In fact, he 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 got right onto to Facebook to say some things. Uh, uh, yeah. He says, uh, as a Bible believing follower of jesus christ my rights should be protected oh even <laughs> if my rights okay um he says even if my sincerely held religious beliefs might be in the minority i still have a right to hold them the same holds right. true for a christian organization these are the freedoms our nation was founded on oh wow well okay nobody's <laughs> taking away your right to believe something dickish right like true you can, you can believe that all the live long day but you as an employer right this yeah. has now been decided you don't have the right to to let somebody go just because right well wait um, but frank frank wait what if he thinks it's icky i what know if his, what if his employee does stuff that he thinks is icky i know poor guy and, <laughs> what about that? He has rights, right? Well, he, he has and, rights. And he said he says Christian organizations should never be forced to hire people who do not align with their biblical beliefs and should not be prevented from terminating a person whose lifestyle and beliefs undermine the ministry's purpose and goals. Um uh -huh. and uh he he also says that and this is kind of interesting. He says that that with this uh ruling by the Supreme Court, uh, it has enacted a new law that adds sexual orientation and gender identity to the 1964 Civil Rights Act as protected classes. Now, just so everybody out there fully understands this, no, 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 nothing <laughs> new has been made here. They right. have just simply looked at the word sex. They, th what they've done is they have said that anti-LGBTQ discrimination is sex discrimination. Right. That is the understanding when you look at the words and you and logically think it through. That is what LGBTQ discrimination is. Yeah, the logic was basically like if I can't fire a man for having sex with a woman, then I can't fire a woman for having sex with a woman. Yeah. Because yeah, essentially something yeah. That's, something they're doing lines. the same thing. If you if you can't if if you can't fire one for doing it then and the other one's doing the same thing, you can't fire the other one for doing yeah. it. And uh, very, very interesting stuff. And, you know, Franklin Graham does sort of bring up a point. And, and, it's, and it's, it is something that Gorsuch actually acknowledges in his, um, in his uh, what he wrote about the whole thing. Right. Um, he, he, he said, you know, that this is 
not the essentially he said that this is not the final time that the court is going to be hearing cases on this right right and that this does not decide the some religious consequences right that these are things that are yeah. going to have to be ironed out in the future and and so this is going to be an ongoing thing but in the meantime it is monumental it is yeah it's it it was i i was sitting at my computer i was working i hadn't seen that news yet maybe it hadn't even hit yet i don't know and i just could not listen to npr (laughs) (laughs) and so i turned it to the bbc world service and that's where i heard it was just and, and i remember like like i was just working away and then like they said it Five seconds passed. And I said, "Wait, what the fuck did they just say?" Yeah, <laughs> and so I immediately got on online and looked up the news. And shocking! Know, like, it yeah. was shocking. And now, and shocking. then Truly they shocking. then they said DACA was was good. I, yeah, I don't the know. world's topsy turvy people. This topsy turvy. This court. Let me tell you, Roberts is really turning out to be a very interesting figure. Yeah, uh, we'll see. on the Supreme Court. Hey, he was also. I mean, he's, I know. he comes he's around and he's been the swing vote a number of times now yeah. on, on very interesting cases, though bizarro is that Gorsuch was involved. And yeah. so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where this goes. And then there was no surprise about uh, frat boy Kavanaugh and his <laughs> dissenting opinion, but that's okay. That's for yeah. another time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people being fired, I'm going to take us to Washington, D.C., where the National Cathedral which is a an episcopal cathedral seat of the of the Washington bishop. Oh really? Uh, yeah. It they have they have announced that they are laying off a fuck ton of people. The 13 full-time positions? What? And 13 part-time positions and they're going to furlough another 12 full-time positions all because of COVID-19. They couldn't find another person to furlough. So right, thirteen, thirteen, thirteen. Oh, that's terrible, Dan. Yeah, yeah. So Aww. it's interesting because they're actually doing okay in terms of donations. They're this. Oh? And here's what shocks me: that only amounts to fifteen percent of their full time staff. Thirteen of them. They have uh, so many staff. What? Why do you need so many staff? It well, is the National Cathedral. It is well, and here's why they need so many staff. Because the, it's not the donations that are the problem. The problem is they can't rent the place out for events. And that's where they were making a shit ton of their money. Oh. And so I guess it's all the events people. You know, the, the cathedral's been closed since March. And they're not letting tourists in. They're not letting anybody in. Oh. So so while they're doing okay with... Uh, I, I was sad to find out that they were doing okay with uh, donations. Because, frankly... Uh, we just don't need as much. We don't need that much uh, uh, religion in this world. We, we're okay. No, yeah. I mean, fair enough. Um, but I mean, Episcopalians—they're harmless, right? <laughs> no, no, they're not. <laughs> uh, they're less harmful than some. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah, I mean, the the building itself is is interesting. It's a it's a sort of neo gothic thing. Mm-hmm. Very. It's it's. I've never actually been to it, but the pictures are pretty. Yeah. I I went when I was a child. I didn't fully know what it was. You know, I was ten. 
and my family yeah. was in Washington DC and we went to the National Cathedral and I honestly thought I, I was very confused I, I was like well what about separation of church and state because it was like <laughs> like I was smart yeah. enough at 10 to be like well, how do we have a national cathedral? <laughs> yeah, it turns out they just call it that. They just call it. You're that. allowed to. You, if yeah. you're in Washington D.C., you can just say, "Hey, this is the national coat hanger," <laughs> and then and then you can charge people admission to see yeah, it. Absolutely. All right. <clears throat> well, cool, Dan. Yeah. Um, this is actually interesting news from the Catholic Church. Um, the 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 Vatican has come out and as gay. I mean, we all knew, but that's surprising. The entire institution. <laughs> yep, we're gay. <laughs> um, we admit it. It's okay. Uh, what are you going to do? Are we gay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, the, they have come out and they are officially uh, suggesting to Catholics around the world to disinvest from fossil fuel industries and from, um, I guess, like um, gun and, and, and uh, defense, I guess, uh, armaments is how it's referring to it in the article. Oh, okay. Ar the armament industry. Um, and to closely monitor companies in sectors such as mining to see if they're damaging the environment and basically saying you shouldn't be investing in them. You shouldn't be, you should not be profiting off of their degradation uh. of the uh environment and also their contribution to um death essentially right um right and this is all coming uh it's it sort of it's coming out on the fifth anniversary of and you may recall this uh pope francis um he had the an encyclical that uh came out uh laudato si um about five well five years ago the fifth anniversary uh on the need to protect nature life and defenseless people do you remember that i remember they're coming out with a very yeah, strong statement I remember something about it yeah and so this is all meant to kind of continue that work um and to sort of clarify the the church's stance um they say that um catholics should shun companies that are harmful to human or social ecology um such as abortion they include that and armaments uh, and to the environment such as fossil fuels. Well, I'll definitely take their support of the environment uh, mm. and sort of, you know, um, guns and weaponry and whatnot. Eh, maybe maybe those industries don't need a, a lot of our support. Uh, right. I, don't, I don't like that whole comment about abortion. But um <laughs> but hey i'll have you on our side for the environment how about that you know i think that's yeah i yeah. think that's a remarkable I, thing for them to come out and actually say you know because i mean look there are a lot of fucking catholics in the world and if they all actually like listen to this it would be a powerful gesture yeah i i mean they're not gonna like if <laughs> if if i know anything about religious people <laughs> They they're less religious when it comes time to make money. Mm. That's what I've learned mm. about Mormons. That's what I've learned about everybody. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll. Maybe some folks will listen. Have some uh, integrity. I, I like the idea of uh, sort of conscientious uh, uh, investment. I yeah. think that 
keeping your investment, like, like paying attention to who you're investing in and 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 what what those companies' practices are, is a is a good way of voting with your with your pocketbook. Yeah. Uh, and if I had any money that any company would even close to notice, uh, that would be, that would make a difference. <laughs> My paltry investment portfolio is, is not anything any, any companies are, it's, Walmart's not shaking in their boots that I'm not investing in them. <laughs> anyway, that, that, I mean, that's great. Good, good for the Vatican. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about our president, Donald John Drumpf, and uh, and China, or as he calls it, China, <laughs> uh, who wait, because he has a very interesting relationship with that country. He loves to blame them for everything, and he loves to love on them for everything. Ugh, I know. Uh, he's a very weird dude. So uh, apparently, here's the thing. Uh, Trump just barely signed uh, a, a, a law that basically calls for um, uh, sanctions against certain Chinese officials for uh, who are responsible for the detention camps holding more than a million uh, Uyghurs <sighs> from Western China. Yeah, uh, the Uyghur population, for those of you who don't know, is is China's. Um, Muslim population, yeah. and because they are a, uh, a not only an ethnic but a, a, a religious minority there in China, they the Chinese government has scooped up more than a million of them, which I think in China doesn't actually even register as a number of people, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, and he and and they've put them into what they've called re-education camps which are uh, basically torture camps yeah. where they f try and brainwash people into no longer being Muslim. Also forced and labor camps too. Also forced labor. Yeah. Yes, because they're teaching because they're teaching them a trade, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. They're teaching them a yeah. trade. Yeah. No, the the Uyghur um, camps are unbelievable. It's horrific. Yeah. It's uh, and it's a human rights violation and it's awful. And it's interesting that the Trump camp, uh, the, the Trump administration is actually doing something about it, which is great. Right. And I uh, applaud them. However, in the same moment as that's happening, also what's happening is that John Bolton's book, uh, na former National Security Advisor John Bolton, his book's coming out, and one of the uh, one of the snippets that he leaked, uh, or or that he published somewhere. Uh, apparently says that Trump, in a meeting with President Xi of China, of China, told President Xi that he was super on board with those camps and keep on keep the good work going. <sighs> it was a, it was a, in a meeting that apparently only uh, the two of them and translators were attending, but Bolton claims to have talked. To one of the translators, and that's what apparently our president said. Oh, my God. Uh, which doesn't surprise me at all. Frankly, uh, our president is a wildly racist and horribly anti-Muslim, uh, uh, Islamophobic dickhead. But well, and if nothing there else... There you go. Yeah, and if nothing else, he, he hasn't... 
he doesn't care about anybody but himself and his immediate situation right like yeah. it's not it's not even islamophobia at that point like he just right. doesn't fucking care right some some you know commun head of the communist party in china right the right. president of the, com- the country um is up to something he w- he'd rather be in good with the with with she than yeah. than actually take a stand on an important humanitarian issue well he, he doesn't even I understand mean, it in humanitarian terms like i'm convinced he, of this yeah. you know he doesn't understand it at all right what he understands is this guy had a problem in his country and he got he got tough with him yeah he got law and order with him yeah exactly and that's yeah. what he cares about and he loves that he loves that concept and he wants to do that here with Antifa, the that Jesus terrible Christ. group Antifa yeah. that's that you know. I knew I need to meet those guys. <laughs> yeah, you know all those people, that organization Antifa that's out there. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, Dan. Yeah. All right. Um. So um. Back to this country. And yes. Back to Utah specifically, uh, in in uh, you know the, the this moment that we're uh, living through, and I guess I have to say which moment um, through the the Black Lives Matter mm. um, uh, protests and this seeming awakening that's kind of happening in this country right now uh, over the issues of of uh, race. And mm-hmm. uh, and specifically, ha- the, the conversation is around policing, uh, but obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot more that's going on, and 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 I think a lot of people are coming to terms with a lot of the racist past of this nation, and a lot of the, um, you know, we see the uh, the the Confederate statues, the figures like the Confederate generals, the statues of the Confederate generals in the South right. being torn down. Yeah. Um, and it's having it's great. And people are asking hard questions about people who are being honored through, yeah. through statues or maybe even just by something being named after somebody, uh, like the military bases. Right. right. Uh, and Fort so brag. the way that this ends up playing out in Utah is the fact that, uh, Brigham Young was uh, the founder of this state and the second president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the ter- first territorial governor first territorial governor uh that he was uh an adamant and outright racist oh, um he loved his racism he loved it and so i actually lest anybody think that we might uh i kind of want to i want to read some stuff that the man oh. said and this is yeah. very much on the record type stuff because it's uh, very much in front of a joint session of the of the legislature, the, the Utah State Legislature. Um, Utah State yeah. Legislature, um, by then Governor Brigham Young, and yeah. uh, the 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 it's uh, let's see the the title of this little uh, discourse is giving counsel on a bill in relation to African slavery. This is from mm. January eighteen fifty two. And he says, I have this section in my hand headed an act in relation to African slavery. 
I have read it over and made a few alterations. I will remark with regard to slavery, inasmuch as we believe the Bible, inasmuch as we believe in the ordinance of God, in the priesthood, and order, and decrees of God, we must believe in slavery. This colored race have been subjected to severe curses, which they have in their families and in their classes and in their various capacities brought upon themselves. And until the curse is removed by him who placed it upon them, they must suffer under its consequences. I am not authorized to remove it. I am a firm believer in slavery. I did not change. That is one paragraph of this thing. I normally I'll skip over stuff when reading it. No, nope, not that. That is that is the whole thing. Um, he goes on. I don't. He was a peach of a guy. Yeah. Um, really a, a sweet, sweet fella. He says, uh, they enjoy the privilege of living humbly before the Lord, their great master. They love, they, they enjoy it, yeah, you guys. Come yeah, on, they, they love it. They enjoy the privilege uh, so, uh, so as to enjoy the spirit of the Lord continually. In short, as far as the common comforts of life, salvation, light, truth, enjoyment, and understanding are concerned, the black African has precisely the same privilege as the white man. <laughs> what in the fuck he continues but they cannot share in the priesthood they cannot bear rule they cannot bear rule in any place until the curse is removed from them obviously it's obvious when you think about it yeah frankly. I, I when uh kimball it was kimball right spencer w kimball who yes, uh the president of the church in the late 70s he didn't talk about the curse being lifted, did he? No. Yeah. No. You think he would? No, have. Well, not in not in the moment that he changed the policy. No. Not in the here's official the, statement. Here's, yeah. here's what he didn't. The times that he did talk about it were in his book when he talked about uh, because this was part of Mormon lore. Because here's the thing: in the Book of Mormon, it talks about the you know these two groups who one of them was good and righteous. And they were white and delightsome, mm -hmm. and the other was wicked and evil, mm. and the Lord cursed them and marked them with darkness. Right. So whiteness was this sort of privilege, and darkness was the mark of evil. And in the Book of Mormon, as people became better, mm -hmm. they became whiter. Yeah. And that was a belief that they carried for that Mormons carried for a long time. Yeah. And even and even Spencer W. Kimball, who eventually was the one who ended up granting blacks sort of full enfranchisement in the church, he but in a book that he wrote, he talked about uh, a Mormon family that took in two uh, Native American kids and how, as they got more educated and as they became, you know, sort of more culturally white, they also visibly grew whiter too. Oh my, yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. not it's it's not a great history. No. in terms of uh, in terms of racism, yeah. and there's one <laughs> they haven't done great. One more little thing I wanted to read. Um, uh, when the Lord God cursed old Cain. <laughs> He's old Cain. old Cain. He said, until the last drop of Abel's blood receives the priesthood okay, and enjoys the <laughs> blessing of the same, Cain shall bear the curse. Then Cain is calculated to have his 
share next and not until then consequently i am in i am firm in the belief that they ought to dwell in servitude so i would say when picking um people to sort of honor from our past um (laughs) the time might be be over for brigham young um, yeah not that i was one who was like oh yeah brother brigham you know uh but i didn't mind his statue downtown i was always kind of like you know he did found he founded the, the city place, whatever right people over whatever now my understanding is that the church owns that statue so it's not going anywhere um but um and of course brigham young university they're not changing the name they would never they would have to they would have to acknowledge their racist past yeah and 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 to be honest they'd have to deal with their racist present because if they didn't have a racist present they wouldn't have any problem dealing with their racist past right right yeah and so totally every time they refuse to acknowledge this this reality they're just being a bunch of fucking racists. And that's my take on it. There you go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, uh, Brigham Young basically was driven into this valley by Green Flake, a slave. So yeah. the man was, he accepted slaves as tithing oh, to Jesus the church. Jesus Christ. Are you serious? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Get. So uh, there, there's actually a new book that's that I'm really looking forward to reading by Joanna uh, Brooks. Yeah, about yeah the about white supremacy We're and have Mormonism. To dig so. into that. Definitely. Um, I am going to talk talk to you now about. I'm going to take us up to Boise, Idaho, the the oh, fair city, the city of trees. Dan, <laughs> is, old, is it the city of trees? Bois itself. Yeah, yeah, city of trees. They've got. Is Dan, that what, is that what that means? They have trees Dan. <laughs> they do no they have a beautiful I've... little uh little uh, river park thing mm. uh mm-hmm. close into like the the, t- the town itself and there's just so many trees <laughs> okay good um, <laughs> I, there, there's a thriving I like, community. I, like, I like boise a lot actually i do too uh another thing that they have is a, the cathedral of the rockies Oh, which is a large okay. uh, United Methodist church, okay, and uh, and home of, you know, as many cathedrals do, they have some beautiful stained glass windows, and one of their stained glass windows depicts uh, historical figures from these United States. Oh, there's uh, there's George Washington, uh-huh. there's Abraham Lincoln. And, of course, you wouldn't want to do a, a historical uh, trifecta without Robert E. Lee. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. He's just been, he's just been chilling there. That's the, uh, the, the Confederate general <laughs> no. Uh, no. who has been on their thing since the 60s. Oh, boy. Uh, just sort of sit, sitting there looking out over the congregation as they worshipped. Well, uh, I'm here to tell you that this is a good news story because that church has put up uh, a whole bunch of signs all around it that say we repent. They've put it on their website and they're taken generally down. Nice. 
They're getting rid of him and replacing him uh, with with an African American. They have not yet decided who it will be. Well, but good, it on will, but good on them. Good on them. They're going to they're going to do the right thing and uh, take the shameful racist out, who is apparently dressed like a unicorn. It's very funny, or not a unicorn, <laughs> a leprechaun. He's a uh, both equally <laughs> absurd. Yes, <laughs> like, he's in a bright uh, emerald green suit with matching bow tie. What? In the image, oh. uh, I think they were just going for color, color because you yeah. know stained glass. Yeah. But it's it, he looks ridiculous. I he wish looks he like actually a had a, a unicorn on his head. That would. Well, that's what they should do: is put a horn on there. Yeah, not get two of them. Actually, you know, you know what? There's a little thing that sort of pokes up out of it. Anyway, uh, yeah, they're so they're actually doing the right thing. They're actually huh. getting rid of it. Um, I made the choice to go and find uh, someone who was reporting this that had a comment section. Oh yeah, okay. and uh, you will not be surprised to learn that Idahoans and uh, and many Americans are not taking this the right way. They are they are upset. They are furious. Yeah. They and can we just say uh for the record that uh this does not erase any history? No. That in fact books are still around. Yeah. It and that who we venerate is not the same as who we remember. Right. Those are two different concepts. Right. In fact, I I honestly think that with a lot of these things um that are being taken down um that I I I hope that they they don't have to do something with it immediately. Like they can just take it down right now, but put it some in a back room, crate it up, and when the time is right, create some sort of of if you can put it in a, in the right museum or something that can put it in historic context, right? That can talk yeah. about this moment and talk about who these figures are and talk about why it was taken down. Because it's it's important yeah, that we exactly. don't forget this process, right? That we don't that this is something mm -hmm. that we learn how to do as a society, which is address these hard things, right? Um, that that and these hard parts of our past, and learn how to talk about them, and learn how to, and 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 if nothing else, you know, and, or or hopefully to understand them, right? In their yeah. co correct context, right? Um, obviously up in 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 uh, on display with the same stature and 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 no um no nothing helping you understand what this is all about that's wrong right and th these things have to be taken down but right um, and 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 putting it in a, giving it pride of place mm -hmm. in a in a in an important place in a city or a or yeah. a, you know a building yeah. that's that's a problem yeah this so like yeah when when we've got Brigham Young in a, you know a statue of Brigham Young in our Capitol building right and that's a problem yeah it's not and and even though he is a founder of this state and he's an right. important he's definitely a hugely important figure in this state he also ordered the massacre of hundreds of Native Americans and True. he's yeah. He was he was uh, he was also a very bad man as well as the good things that he did. Right. He was a very bad man. So right. we can uh, we can we can recognize all the parts of the history. Right. And maybe not venerate quite so much. Right. And statues and stained glass windows and anything of the sort. Yeah. It venerates. It honors. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Yep. 
All right. Well, uh, if you have anything you'd like to add to this discussion, please feel free to write into us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is the address. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, hey, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist. There might be some cool stuff coming down the pike in the next few months, so make sure that you see it, and, uh, and yeah, click the like button. And also, while, on your, while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It is a closed group, but we will let you in. Also find us on Twitter, at TGIAtheist. Yeah! More to come. Hey, Dan. Yeah. So a little bit of audio went big time viral this week. We thought we would play it. Yeah. Uh, This is Pastor Louis. Uh, Yeah, Louis. Oh, boy. Giglio. Giglio. You speak Italian. I know how it's supposed to be said, (laughs) and I know that it would not be Glio. Uh, right. It's, I, so it's either Giglio or Giglio, right? Instead of the Giglio, which it should be. But anyway, right. So Pastor Louis Giglio, um, from I like uh, Giglio, Giglio, uh, from the Passion Church, Passion City Church in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, he had he, he got did, himself into some hot water. Did he ever? He was talking now for for frame just for reference. He's talking to a uh, Christian rapper, yeah. Lecrae. That's that's a black man. It's okay. important that you know that the whole time he's talking, he's looking directly at a black man who is nodding, but he made it clear later on, was not okay with what was being said <laughs> in the moment. So let's hear what he has to say about race relations in America. But I want to flip that upside down because I think the other side of it is true with our nation's history. We miss, we understand the curse that was slavery, mm-hmm. white people do, and we say that was bad, but we miss the blessing of slavery that it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in. In yes. and lived in. And so a lot of people call this white privilege. And when you say those two words, it just is like a fuse goes off for a lot of white people because they don't want somebody telling them to check their privilege. And so I know that you and I both have struggled in these days with, hey, yeah. if the phrase is the trip up, let's get over the phrase and let's get down to the heart. Sure. Let's get down to what then do you want to call it? And I think maybe a great thing for me is to call it white blessing, that I'm living in the blessing of the curse that happened generationally mm-hmm. that allowed me to grow up in Atlanta. Oh. The, oh, the blessing God. of the curse, Frank. The blessing. It's such a blessing being white. It's, it is. Uh, well, it is. Like, I'm, I would almost call it privileged. I would almost, call, I would almost say that the term white privilege is exactly might be, the right term. Might be better, better phrasing. Um, <laughs> Jesus boy, Christ! It's cringy. It's so cringy to hear. It's so him. bad. Oh um, my God. The 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 issue for me, the thing that I'm hearing in this whole thing, right, uh-huh. is 
that we somehow need to make this easier for white people. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. I'm just like, no, come on. The, the issue <laughs> is not the word white privilege. Right. Right. This, this, yes, that's not this the problem here. This is not here. the issue. <laughs> this is not the problem in America. Is oh, my God. White people. Well, I guess there is a problem that white people are so sensitive right. in their privilege yeah. that you can't even point out the privilege. Uh, right. And uh, and I don't think that it should be watered down to try to get some people to, to, to you know come on over right. to, to, because to, if you want them to buying the in blow. to this whole discussion and the thing that gets them over to the discussion is their acknowledgement of their white blessing you've gotten them over for the wrong discussion yeah completely yeah like not only that you know half of this problem half of the problem of what's happening here is that uh the people who are privileged mm -hmm. happen part of the privilege is they live in a world of comfort yeah. And in order to understand the actual world, the real world that people who aren't privileged live in, they have to get on they have to get a little discomfort. Yeah. You got to you got to actually like learn that the comfort that you have is is at the expense of someone else and it's not how the rest of the world lives. Right. So, uh I'm sorry if it makes you a little uncomfortable to hear that you are privileged and for someone to say that you should check that privilege, yeah. uh, that's the point. <laughs> Feel uncomfortable. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Oh, my shit. God. That's just like the worst thing. It's so cringy. It's so... Oh. Uh, he later apologized. Uh, he, you know, he recorded a, a, a quasi-tearful apology. Um, what, what? I didn't watch the apology. What, what does he yeah, say? It was... It was okay it wasn't great in that he didn't demonstrate in any way that he understood why it was bad he just understood that it was bad and to me that's not a very good apology like yeah to me okay. if you really want to apologize you have to show everybody that you understand why what you did wrong was wrong why people are upset with you right. and you have to acknowledge that upset and you have to apologize to the thing that you did. Yeah. And what he did was, I didn't use, I didn't, you know, I'm sorry that I used the word white blessing. That's not what's in my heart, you know. And <laughs> right. I honestly think the guy's heart is actually in the right place. Like, he right. wants to help the, you know, he wants to be part of the solution. But he... Again, he's one of these white people that doesn't actually want to listen to everybody. He wants to, he wants to tell the black community how to make their lives better by how, by cushioning the blow for the white folk. Right. Well, yeah. well we sorry. need to figure out how to off. make this whole racism thing easier for those that benefit from it. Maybe we could just build them a ramp down from racism instead of making them sort of climb their way, you know, find their own way down. Maybe we can we can ease them out of their racism. Oh, that'll God. that'll work. It just sucks so bad. Yeah. Oh, we're we're in a rough time, people. But hey, NASCAR of all people of of all organizations is taking great strides to anti-racism. So there's hope in the world, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> seriously, I'm not kidding you. When NASCAR like had all of their racers do an anti-racist video and then banned the Confederate flag at all of their events, yeah, 
Yeah. I th- that has given me more hope than almost anything else in the world. Yeah. Right. Oh, now. I'm sorry. Did, you mean the loser flag, right? <laughs> right. Right. And Which... a lot of jokes went out uh, on the internet about how the the uh, the final lap flag that they wave uh, is still is is still a Confederate flag because it's just white. <laughs> Anywho, uh, that uh, we had some folks write into us, uh, which we should uh, which we should talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is from someone calling themselves Jam Nasty. Uh, I don't approve of that. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, uh, Frank, Dan, I was talking with a good friend that works in the welfare department, and we got on the topic of food stamp fraud. Well, hmm. I guess it is a real problem, and the biggest offenders, by a large margin, are polygamous Mormons. Yeah. I guess all the wives married through the church and not necessarily recognized by the government agencies all <laughs> file independently and get the maximum benefits. Uh-huh. Then they open up a small grocery store for their little weird community. I guess there's a bust, there's a bust for one of these operations every couple of years or so. Oh, because it's a real up. problem. Now, oh, I didn't. Whoa! I didn't. Yeah. I never knew about the grocery store side of it. <laughs> yeah. I'd always heard about the the polygamous wives, like being on food stamps. Yeah, right. Yep. And I always thought that was kind of like, well, okay, whatever, you know. Right. No way. They'll they'll open up a little store, and so oh, that is genius. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jam Nasty goes on to say, Now, I will admit, I have not fact-checked this personally, but my friend has been managing that department for about 10 years or so, so I figure she'd be privy to that sort of thing. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and we, yeah, we've definitely heard of that. That's actually a very real thing, because, yeah, they all file as single parents, even yeah. though they're not technically single uh, in their eyes. They are in the state's eyes, and so they get... They well, get and the... they might as well, you know, bleed the... The, what, what's they have a phrase for it right bleed the the demon or bleed, oh, bleed the, the beast or something like bleed that the or, beast yeah yeah something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. exactly that because they're defrauding the government which they think is evil it's okay yeah exactly <laughs> they, you can just figure anything i guess yeah wow that's uh, awesome okay there you, there you go i i i Okay, fine. I'll read the side note. On a side note, Frank, I absolutely adore your laugh. It is the cutest thing. It's too bad you're taken and I'm straight, says Jam Nasty. Aw, Jam Nasty. Thank you. So there you go. Uh, Paul wrote into us, Frank and Dan, love the show. I just listened to the last episode where you talk about the apparent inevitability of violence intermixing with religion. Although I'm an atheist now, I spent decades I spent decades in the Brethren of Christ denomination in South Central Pennsylvania. The Brethren in Christ or Bick Church broke away from the Mennonites o- over the method of baptism. Mennonites <laughs> poor, Bick believe in the total immersion uh, but retain the Mennonite commitment to nonviolence. Hmm, okay. Conscientious objection to violence precludes Mennonites and BIC members from joining the military and participating in any activities that could be described as violent. Hmm. There is also a very strong emphasis on service and commitment to making life better for those less fortunate. The Mennonites and BIC join hands and to lend a hand in the Mennonite Disaster Service and the Mennonite Central Committee uh, on many very worthy projects. 
This exemplary form of evangelism made it very difficult for me to separate myself from the church because I still believe that a commitment to nonviolence and community service are essential to being a decent human being. I left the church over belief issues, but I still maintain a close relationship through friends and family to the Mennonite and BIC ideals of nonviolence and community service. Hmm. So here is one, I think, shining example of a nonviolent religion. Perhaps this is just one example that proves the rule. The genuine uh, expression of loving one another made it very hard to separate over belief issues when I realized I just couldn't believe the God stuff anymore. Hmm. So thanks, hmm. Paul, for that. Yeah. Um, I did. A, I just did some cursory looking around, poking around at the uh, the BIC and the Mennonites, and uh, you know, I love those ideals, and I think that those are beautiful. Um, I I think that if the organization got bigger, uh, and and was uh, was actually like, I don't know, violence is just inherent in humans, and mm. you know, I did find plenty of examples of you know, misogyny and problems with uh, violence towards women and that being silenced in the community and that sort of thing. There's always going to be violence, but I suppose it's not fair to say that it's inherent to all religion. It just seems to crop up every time. So may, <laughs> maybe the brethren in Christ are great and they, they're actually nonviolent and they'll stay that way. I find it hard to believe. Personally. Well, and it, it, it definitely, though, speaks to Paul's experience with them. And that's wonderful. And actually, yeah. you know, and, and I don't mean to shit on them. I, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know much about them, but I'm glory be if anybody is espousing nonviolence, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan. Yes. We have some people to thank on Patreon. Do I? Well, I'm excited to do it. I'm ready to participate. <laughs> All right. Well, we have one new deacon. Okay. Having signed up, Claire. Thank you, oh, Claire. We have thanks. Two new teachers, <gasps> um, Lord Elpis <laughs> and Sonia. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, so thank you, thank guys. Thank you to the both of you. Uh, what these fine folk did, they went to thinkgodamatheist.com and clicked on the support tab uh, and followed the links on over to Patreon where we have a campaign running um, and we're actually and pretty the, close to our next goal. And in, they got in, the everyone. priesthood. And they That's got the what's priesthood. amazing. They are now, the, now full-fledged priesthood yeah, holders. They, they have offices, all three of these, in the Aaronic priesthood. Yeah. Uh, meaning, uh, you know, deacons get to like awkwardly stand in church while yeah. passing around the sacrament and don't yeah. know what to do with their hands when they don't have the tray. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the, our two teachers, they get to set the whole thing up. Yeah, arrive it's a little a... early, put a blanket down or a sheet down. They have tablecloth, <laughs> and literally, and this is a guarantee from me, uh, from us. If you sign up with us, the priesthood that we bestow upon you has exactly the same amount of power <laughs> as the priesthoods of any of the other of any religion in the world. Oh yeah, no, this you is will, the you real will, You will receive deal. all of the magic <laughs> that comes with any form of priesthood. So, <laughs> rock and roll, baby. Uh, anyway, then, uh, we, we love and all as of always, you. Yeah, uh, and as always, we have our top. Oh donor. yeah. 
our Lord and Savior, Dennis. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Um, turns out <laughs> that uh, we all belong to, to different groups. Yeah. Here's the thing about human beings. We're not, we're kind of shitty by ourselves. You put one huh. human out into the middle of the wilderness. We're not like wolves. We, we don't do well. <laughs> we do poorly. Right. We're not like other animals. So we have developed evolutionarily the need to be a member of a group. Yeah. And boy, do we do it. We are social critters. Uh, but here's the problem. We are also evolutionarily programmed to choose our groups over uh, anything. And we <laughs> and that is we become quite shitty quite quickly when it comes to that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about it because here's the thing. I look at for I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who's a, a philosopher, mm. and he was talking about uh, we were we were talking about. Uh, people who are in religion and, and, you know, especially in cults or whatever, and how hard it is to get someone out, how mm. it's, how literally it's a deprogramming uh, to get someone out of a religion or a cult mm -hmm. yeah. and how crazy that is. And then we started talking about how that kind of applies, how group think, how tribalism in humanity mm -hmm. becomes more important than facts, than logic, than anything. And it en ends up trumping, like, smart people, people, you know, with great brains and PhDs and education and stuff still believe in young earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's such, it's, once you allow your mind to be indoctrinated into something and you've chosen a group and that's your tribe and that's your group, whether it be your religion or your political party or your, uh, you know, m members of your race mm -hmm. or any number of things, your brain stops thinking right. Hmm. It's this, mm. it's it's an amazing. Th I mean, and one one of the things that that very clearly happens is that humans co we compartmentalize, so our brains work really well uh, in certain places. You know what I mean? Like we can, mm -hmm. like you can still go, oh, okay, well, I've got a toe fungus, and science has worked out how to sort out a toe fungus, so I will believe <laughs> science, right? And then when science says. COVID-19, well, the, the science knows about that. We don't know. There's a lot that we don't know, but we have these great recommendations from very smart science people about what we should do, except that somebody decided to politicize it. Yeah. And I'm not going to say who it was, <laughs> but his initials are Donald Trump. And he decided to make it a question of political party. And affiliation. Yeah. And suddenly, half the country thinks it's a hoax, or that it's I'm... not as bad as a cold, or that it's 
that it's just overblown by the mainstream, lamestream media. And suddenly we've got a whole bunch of people uh, giving themselves a horrible disease because they don't believe it. And yeah. that's that's a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 shocking where it will take you like you know like um just talking to my parents who are fox newsy types right Right. they they just they won't hear it yeah my mom and i actually kind of got into this thing where i'm like and i i i didn't know i should have but i didn't know that the word scientist was uh a little bit of a trigger what yeah That's... i was like well the si- well but the scientists and bloody William, and she's like the scientists <laughs> you believe in them and i at the moment i was so incensed by just her dismissive attitude about the scientists <laughs> that i even failed to be like yeah uh you know who my partner is right right you know what he does for a living right <laughs> like like don't just be think about who you're talking to first right yeah like, and i was just like what in the fuck and you know like and again uh, exactly like you say uh boy those doctors at the cancer hospital they're miracle workers oh yeah right, <laughs> right. yeah and that that amazing drug that unbelievably amazing drug that that cured my father's stage four lung cancer right yeah he's still alive and they, and, and they are and they acknowledge the science right? yeah in that regard they know what it is and they flat fucking refuse to to i don't know how they compartmentalize it i don't know how they 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 push one bit and not that yeah right i'm just i the more i think about it the more i think that group affiliation even in groups that i love even you know group like you know if if you love your atheist group or whatever mm-hmm. group affiliation there's a danger that your brain will work worse because yeah. of it because when something threatens the group or, yeah. or when something threatens to make the group look bad or when something when somehow the group is is not great you end up being uh you end up being in danger of uh of of bad thinking yeah well and what's interesting though is that this sort of hierarchy of those groups because everybody's placing different emphasis onto the different groups that they're they're in right because there's an obvious group that my mother and i both belong to i.e the group of the feldmans yeah there you go the or just you know our our little family unit right right and she has chosen that her allegiances to other groups are more important than 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 her willingness to trust her her child right you know her college educated child well in who, fairness you you are a an apostate so well i know and that's proven that you can't be fully trusted i know and and but it's just interesting that like what people which groups people are willing to align with more right right yeah then 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 the people that they that they know 
very well. Yeah. Right. And this applies, um, uh, this doesn't just apply to conservative thinkers or whatever. It applies not. Yeah. to, you know, I saw a friend post on Facebook. I'm, you know, I'm in uh, a few groups that are like, you know, Utah filmmakers or whatever. And a friend of mine who makes her living in the film world uh, posted a, a thing that said, hey, vote for this governor, uh, go gubernatorial candidate. He mm -hmm. supports our industry. He supports the film industry. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, okay. What else does he support, though? Like, right. if you're a single-issue voter, you're failing. You have to look <sighs> at a much bigger picture because, look, Trump's only in office because there's a significant number of people who want to save a bunch of unborn babies. Yeah. That's they were they they ignored grab them by the pussy. They ignored yeah. I could go out on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. They like they had to walk they had to walk through a minefield of bullshit. Let yeah. alone the fact that the man's just a boorish imbecile. Right. And they they, and they surely in every other context could see that. Yeah. In any other context, they yeah. they would recognize him as a as the buffoon that he is. Yeah. But they needed to save the babies. And that was one issue, and that was all they cared about. And uh and and you know, we're reaping the consequences now in uh, being, you know, one of the worst COVID-19 countries in the in the world yeah. where other countries have significantly, you know, Germany is sailing through this new zealand's doing an, did an amazing job yeah uh, and our country for a whole for the entire month of february our our leader was just like no there's nothing to see here don't worry about it it's gonna go away it, it's like magic it'll just go away don't worry <laughs> i know i mean if i i would actually take being in a little bit of a mess a la sweden um if if it had just been intelligent people working on a real theory, trying to 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 navigate our ways through it, honestly and legitimately, but still kind of end up with a mess on our hands, right? Um, because you're, you're you're doing the the Walter quote from Lebowski: "Say what you will about national socialism, at least it's an ethos." <laughs> You know what I mean, though. Yeah, like, totally. I I would much rather be in that situation than just rudderless right. and uh, like like just nothing except uh, <laughs> crass political self interest right. being what's leading us down this road. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. the The guy who literally said we should stop testing, then we'd have fewer cases. <laughs> okay, okay, that's. That's who's in charge of this thing. Great. We're going to do just fine. So, I mean, and what's amazing is that certain people are actually breaking off from their uh, from their affiliations. A few people, you know, so they're, they're, the numbers are uh, dropping for our, our president, but not fast and not a lot and not in the ways that you'd think it should if people were using their brains right. Yeah, or in the ways that would make me feel hopeful about this fall. <laughs> yeah, no, don't don't get too hopeful. Uh, everybody still has to put their nose to the grindstone and, and do, oh, put golly. in the work to yeah. uh, to get this guy out. But 
the point for me is uh, is is a watch out for your tribes thing because hmm. I, it it's not a matter of like don't don't you don't have to abandon your tribe uh, whatever groups you love you don't have to abandon them you don't have to uh, think you don't have to think they're bad but understand that groupthink is bad is not as good as you thinking and that and that going with just going with what the group says isn't always the right answer and so questioning your tribe is a good thing even if mm. it feels a little scary i think that's the the idea nice all right we'll leave it at that then uh, if you guys uh, have a tribe that you, <laughs> Frank, you were uh, you you had proposed when we were talking about this that the the good thinkers tribe or something like that. <laughs> All right, yeah, I was like, well, what about? I mean, if you get yourself stuck with the good thinkers, yeah. Well, there you go. You know, uh, that's it might might affect your thinking. That, there's the loophole. Uh, if if you have a loophole tribe that you'd like to to talk to us about, or a tribe that makes things so much worse, please feel free to write into us about it. Podcast at thank God I'm atheist dot com is the address or call and leave us a voicemail message the telephone number is 424-666-8442 totally go to the facebook page facebook.com slash tgi atheist i promise you cool things will come of it and while you're on facebook search for the tgia members only lounge and request to join it is a closed group but we will let you in also find us on twitter at TGI Atheist. Yes, indeed. Uh, hey, thanks so much to all of you. Thanks to Danny and Amy for being moderators on the Members Only Lounge. And a big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club and to Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. And thanks to all of you within earshot of this podcast for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Bye-bye. Coming up today on the show, Dan. <laughs> Do you remember what we're going to talk about? What were we talking about? <laughs> we're going to talk about no, 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 tribes. No, no, no. Tribes, okay. We're going to be talking about Stupid. You want okay. to take another run at it? Yeah. But, uh -oh. Start with coming up on today's show. <laughs> <laughs>